Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. We have a lot of athletes who are running races on the 4th of July this year. They're really gaining in popularity along with the turkey trots that they have. It's a really fun way to celebrate a holiday um, and just have fun with your friends. So specifically, the 4th of July race is very interesting because in the U.S. this falls on one of the hottest days of the year. Usually it's the middle of the summer. It's very high heat, high humidity. So typically these aren't races that people are setting really big PRs at. Usually we see athletes participating in these races as more of a kickoff for a marathon training that will happen uh, all summer. And the marathons usually happen in the fall. So fall marathon trainings usually start around this time. So this is more of a kickoff for training for most athletes instead of, you know, an A goal race. So it's really important that we know the purpose of these races going into them so that we can set goals for ourselves. Um, The first question that a lot of athletes ask are, how should you be preparing, you know, two to five days out from the race? So today is Monday and you might be listening to this, you know, two days out from your race, three days out from your race. And typically what we would want to see you do is take, you know, five to three days before that race of no workouts or heavy lifting. We want to like give your legs a little bit of a break from the strenuous workouts so that you can have a little bit of a taper going into the race. Um, On a Monday, if your race is on Thursday, you might be adding in some strides after your run. So we're not going to be cutting back your mileage too much, but we're keeping that fast twitch and that raw speed going with strides. And so those you can add in after your run, uh, just do, you know, six by 20 seconds fast and then do a full recovery in between. We just want to get the legs moving. It's not like we're gaining fitness at this point. Um, So the hay is pretty much in the barn when we're this close to the race. So we just want to do no harm and we want to make sure that our legs are feeling good. Um, You might do a rest day on Tuesday. It just depends on your mileage. Then you might kind of cut back just a little bit. So if you're used to doing five mile runs every day, maybe you cut back to like four or three mile runs just to give your legs a little bit of energy for the race um, and to not carry as much fatigue on race day. Uh, Should you cut back your mileage and workouts? And yes, you should cut back your mileage just a little bit. We aren't going to go drastic here. We're not going to take multiple days off. We still want your body to be used to running every day. Um, Chances are you're kicking off a training cycle for the fall. And we want to make sure that you're still building that aerobic base. So you're not going to do a huge taper. It's a short race. We don't need to do anything crazy. Just cut back a few miles every day. And, you know, some people, they ask about carbo loading and what sort of hydration should you be using for your race? So when you're going to a shorter distance race, that's less than 90 minutes in duration, which a lot of these, you know, 4th of July 5k runs are, you're actually not going to need to carbo load because your body isn't using glycogen storages because you're not running for over 90 minutes. 
That being said, you still want to make sure that you're eating proper meals, you're focusing on your nutrition, you don't want to try anything new the day before the race. Um, We had an athlete once who drank uh, Pedialyte the night before a race because she heard it was really great for hydration and you know it's the middle of summer so that might be something that comes to your mind like what can I use to really hydrate me don't try anything new um, the day before the race we want to kind of stick with things that we know work for you and so you might be using you know the regular electrolyte tabs that you always use Um, whatever you have used and had success with in the past let's stick to what we know and that's just kind of common for all race distances There's really no need to really increase your carbohydrate unless you're doing, um, you know, a half marathon or you think the 10K is going to take you longer than 90 minutes. Um, Just kind of keeping things the same and doing what works for you, just like you would um, in a longer distance event there. Then a lot of the times people come with a giant question mark when it comes to how do I set a reasonable goal? What pace do I go out in? What pace do I expect to run this race in? And that can be a really big unknown. And for a lot of people, this might be, you know, a stake in the ground. And this is going to mark the beginning of their training cycle and be a fitness test, so to speak, for them. Um, Which can be difficult because I know a lot of people who are going out and doing these races, it's going to be high heat, high humidity. So one thing that I like to do when you're developing goals for a race is reflecting on the past workouts that you have been doing. So we want to take a look at any workouts that you've done, like the harder days, you know, tempos, intervals, uh, maybe you've done some speed work, and just kind of want to analyze what sort of paces you are running for those workouts. So maybe you did 800 meter repeats, you know, four weeks ago. Maybe you did mile repeats two weeks ago. Those paces are going to give you indicators for your fitness. Um, You're going to want to be in that range for if you're doing a 5k, 10k, it's probably going to be right around, you know, the paces you were doing that interval work at. Um, you're, when you go out in the race, it's also important to understand when you did some of these workouts, you know, four or six weeks ago, it was significantly cooler then than it is now. So you're going to want to really analyze and make sure the weather um, isn't going to be a huge factor there. So if you're looking at a workout you did four weeks ago, it was, you know, 60 degrees, no humidity, those paces are going to look very different if your 5K race is going to be 80 degrees, 90% humidity. So we want to make sure you're doing an adjustment there. And one calculator that I really like to look at when viewing pace adjustments is the Jack Daniels Run Calculator. They have one for heat, but humidity can be so broad and it really impacts you. So that is something you even want to add even more seconds per mile there. So Jack Daniels Run Calculator, you can plug in, you know, if you've recently done a 5K and you want to see what you're doing for a 10K, you can plug in your result and you can kind of play around with anticipated effects based on temperature. It's under advanced. Um, Just play around with that calculator. See what makes sense for you. See what you think works. Um, You can always ask a coach, ask your coach. Look for things to give you feedback. Um, Working with a coach is great because they can kind of analyze that data for you. But if you aren't working with a coach currently, these are just some ways to get ideas for it. Um, There's certain ways you can analyze each of your workouts individually, but I won't go into the details there. Um, So the heat and humidity are going to be playing a huge factor for athletes. And this is where it gets really dicey because you might be in shape to run a 50-minute or 45-minute 10K, 
But if it's 80 degrees, 90% humidity, each athlete is going to respond differently to those hot weather conditions. And so you might have a friend that you always race next to or a competitor, you know, that you always kind of compare your results to them. And they might be someone who performs really well in the heat. And you might be someone who genetically, you just don't perform as well in the heat. So you want to know your body specifically. Are you someone who the last, you know, two weeks as the humidity rised, were you someone who just was consistently slowing down, you know, 10, 15 seconds per mile? Or were you able to still hit your paces? What worked for you last summer? Looking at trends in your history and just knowing yourself as an individual will help you create these goals. Because the last thing you want to do is just not make any adjustments for the heat and humidity and just go out as hard as you can thinking you're in the same fitness that you had when it was, you know, 40 degrees. And so that's where it kind of also gets difficult because we have some athletes who they ran maybe a 10K PR in the end of April. It was 40 degrees, perfect weather. And now, you know, we're talking eight to 10 weeks later, it's 40 degrees hotter. It's very humid. That same effort, even if you're in the exact same shape, you're probably going to be running, you know, two to four minutes slower in a 10K. So it really does take a toll on you. And that's something just to be aware of. And I know there's just a lot of negativity that kind of goes around the heat and humidity, but just understanding and adjusting those goals ahead of time and setting yourself up for success by making those adjustments. Because once the temperatures do fall again, you're still going to be in that same shape. You're, you're probably going to be in better shape, obviously, for training. But the fitness is there, so don't let it freak you out to think that your times are a little bit slower. Just making the adjustments, and the reason that you're making the adjustments is so that you don't go out super hard and die at the end. So it's really important to pace yourself correctly in these shorter distance races. Um, You're going to want to scope out the course ahead of time just to make sure you know where the hills are. And even if you don't know where the hills are, you can't get an elevation map, that's fine. You just want to make sure you're not surging up any hills. We don't want to keep the same pace. We want to keep the same effort. And that's really important because we want to keep it in the right, um, the right zone that you're, you're not dipping into that super anaerobic zone, you know, the first mile of the race because there was a hill. We want to make sure we're saving that anaerobic red line for the very end of the race Um, What we don't want to have happen is for everyone to go out really hard and kind of die off at the end. Um, So whenever I talk about pacing for a shorter distance race, I always say, you know, keep the first one or two miles, the first like one third of the race, keep it more at like a threshold effort. So everyone's done threshold workouts. So these are usually mile repeats with very, very, very little rest. So it would maybe be like four by one mile, only 60 seconds rest. Or you might do 20 minutes, uh, 20 minute tempo um, or three by 10 minute tempo, again, with short rest. So these are usually bouts that are between, you know, 15 to 45 minutes in duration. It's that like comfortably hard pace. So that's about the pace that I want you to start the the race at and then gradually getting faster so that you feel comfortable, um, you know, when you're at the one mile marker instead of like your redlining because we would rather have everyone start a little slower and finish hard at the 
end of the race, then have people hit their red line zone at mile one and then not be able to even run to their potential at all the last two miles um, because they're out of gas. So just like in the longer distance events, you you want a negative split. The same goes for kind of 5K, 10K, especially when it's hot out because you really don't know um, what you're going to be able to expect. So just kind of having having fun with it and knowing that these aren't ideal weather conditions for setting up PRs. And there's just, there's other ways that you can measure, you know, a personal record. There's different ways besides setting, you know, a lifetime time personal best. You can set a personal best in other ways like, I ran my first mile slowest and my last mile was the fastest. And that might be what your personal best is on that given day. And that's perfect. It's great to have goals and just to set goals that are different from, oh, I have to run, you know, 45 minutes because two months ago I ran 46 minutes. (laughs) It's not always about the time goals. Sometimes it's just about pacing yourself, feeling good at the end. Having a goal in your mind that's not necessarily time-based can really help with some of these hotter races that you might be doing. Um, Another tip that I like to give people is how to make sure that you don't go out too hard. So we talked about the importance of negative splitting and why you don't want to be redlining, you know, at mile one of a race. So you really want to start off conservative. And I always like to give athletes like a, um, a speed limit. So you are not allowed to go any faster than... X pace, you know, by mile one. And so that's really important that first mile to stay in control, um, specifically that first 800 meters, because you always have those people that line up at, you know, the start or even not even at the start, the very front there, they just go out hard. People go out hard in 5Ks because a lot of people don't have the experience to know that you have to, you know, pace yourself in long distance events. So what you don't want to have happen is you don't want to just follow the crowd because adrenaline's going to be rushing, you're going to be feeling really good, and 800 meters, you know, you would run 800 meters pretty fast, and you don't start really feeling bad until, you know, five minutes into the race, and you go, "Uh uh-oh. So it's really important when you line yourself up at the start line, make sure that you're around an area where you think people are going to be running just a little bit slower than you, you don't want to be weaving in and out of people, but you just want to make sure that you're in the right spot. You know, don't go up to the very front if you're expecting to run uh, slower than what most people do. Just like be be respectful of the time that you want to run um, and hold yourself accountable that first 800 meters by not going any faster than that. And that first mile is not the time to readjust your goals or say, oh, this pace feels easy. Um, You want to stick with your game plan that first 800 meters to one mile. And then if you feel really good the last mile, that's when you go. So just holding back and using all of that, you know, all your willpower to not go fast that first mile is really important because it will be like a crash and burn type of feeling. Um, And I know this is especially hard for people who maybe are coming off of marathon training and haven't done a lot of the short distance races. So just allowing yourself um, that commitment to, I'm not going to go faster than this pace, and then I'm going to really push it at the end. And don't change your goals during that first mile. Making sure you're checking in with yourself on your Garmin, that you're not going too fast. And if you do find, you know, one to two minutes into the race, you're going hard. You're going a lot faster than what you intended. What we would want you to do is at that point, um, slow down 
And I, I mean, it takes a lot of willpower to do that because everyone's going to be blowing by you and passing you, but it'll save you. That one minute of everyone passing you is going to save you a lot of, you know, pain and regret at the end of the race. So just making sure you're pacing yourself appropriately and allowing yourself that chance to really feel strong at the end, because it's such a good feeling when you get halfway into the race you've paced yourself correctly, you start passing people and things just start to click and you're ready to go. That's what we want to happen. We want you to feel really good at the halfway point of these races and to be able to really just let her rip um, that last half of the race. Um, One of the biggest mistakes that any runner can make in a 5k is going out too hard because you're tapping into that anaerobic system before you, you know, have the chance to get to the end of the race. So you want to make sure you're not um, pushing it too hard, too too soon, so that you have extra in the tank at the end of the race. Um, Another question that comes up a lot is dealing with race anxiety. Um, Some things that help with that would be getting all of your items lined up the night before and making sure you have a schedule of events. So if your race starts at 8 Work your way backwards. What time do you want to leave your house? What time are you going to be done eating? What time are you going to wake up? And just having a line of events, making sure you have enough time in the morning to get ready. Um, So the night before the race, something you might do. So you're laying out all your clothes. You have everything ready to go. Um, you are going to want to, you know, write out to yourself your pacing plan and put it to paper. That way you can stop obsessing over it. You can stop thinking about it. Just write it down exactly what you want to do that day. And then just don't think about it for the rest of the evening. Um, you want to do something that's going to relax you and allow you to get some, some sleep that night. Uh, maybe that's a bath for you. Maybe some people like to go on a walk, whatever it is that kind of gets you relaxed and able to fall asleep. Don't worry about the race. Don't think about it. Once you write down your goals, just kind of walk away from that and close that chapter. Um, Waking up in the morning, just making sure you have that schedule. Do things that help you relax and keep your mind at ease. Um, One thing that really helps me is talking to someone. So sometimes when you have like these anxious thoughts about your performance or worries that you have about the race, um, sometimes saying them out loud can just help them not you know, bubble up in your mind and feel like you're so alone with these these crazy thoughts. So I just have a habit of anytime I have a thought that's like kind of a race anxiety thought, like maybe I'll say, oh no, like what if I am not able to go to the bathroom before my race? I'll just say it out loud. Like I'll tell my husband or anyone who's around to listen that I'm close with, I'll just be like, oh no. And I say it and it's all, then it almost turns into something that's humorous rather than something that's scary. Um, Because, you know, worst case scenario, even if those horrible thoughts that you have about your race, like even if you go out too hard or even if you don't hit your goal or even if you can't go to the bathroom or even if you get lost before the race, it's really like not the end of the world. Um, You're just doing it for fun. So it's the 4th of July, you know, we're celebrating that our country, we have the freedom to participate in these hobbies. It's just a chance for you to celebrate the freedom that you've been given um, in this country to just run you know like this is a hobby so you want to make sure that you're not taking it too seriously I mean obviously you work hard at your goals and you you want to achieve them but just taking a step back and realizing that even if like the worst case scenario happened that you'd still be around to 
run another race and it would just be a learning experience for you. And most of the time, those fears that we have, like me not being able to go to the bathroom or showing up to the race and there's no porta potties or whatever it might be, they never actually come to fruition. So you might learn over the years if you, you know, have the same thoughts that happen over and over again, there are ways to, you know, kind of change the the ways that you're thinking about these things. So maybe you're always worried that you'll go out too fast. Well, you can say, you know what, today I'm going to be in control and I'm going to start really far back and I'm going to prove to myself that I can negative split this race. Or let's say you always can never get in line for the porta potty because you show up a little bit late. Well, maybe you're going to decide I'm going to leave my house an hour earlier just to make sure I can get in there and use use the bathroom and all that stuff. So there's just ways to kind of fix some of the things that maybe you're anxious about. And I know it's very specific to each person. One thing that really helps is talking it out. Um, just getting your thoughts out there and understand that you're not the only one who's going through these things. And it's totally normal to kind of be a little anxious, especially when, you know, we know pain is coming. When you're in a race, you're pushing yourself a lot. But knowing that, your body is going to do what it's able to do regardless of what uh, your your mind is, is telling you. Your body is physically um, as able as it's ever going to be. And your mind, when it comes to running, is really just along for the ride. So however you can just relax your mind is going to help your body just perform better. So worrying about paces or what if I don't have my pace plan... Those are all things that I think can cause us extra stress when we're standing there waiting. And the best thing that you can do is just kind of calm your mind and find a technique that works for you. Some people like to listen to music to calm their mind. Some people like to chat with friends. Uh, maybe you do a quick meditation. You can download meditation apps and you write, do it that way. Maybe you're writing a note to yourself before the race. Whatever it is that works for you and helps you calm your mind is going to be the best thing that you can do if you start to feel those pre-race jitters. But just know it's really common and know that once you find something that works, it can be really helpful in reducing um, you know, the stress and anxiety that you might be having for whatever reason before a race. And just remember to have fun with it. So don't take your goals too seriously. Uh, you know, everyone has great running days and some people just have days where it's not their day, but you're going out there. The whole point of it is just to have fun. It's a hobby. Enjoy yourself. And everyone, I hope you have a safe and happy 4th of July. And thanks for listening to this. I had previously recorded a podcast with one of our coaches, but the audio got really messed up. Um, so I just won it solo. Uh, if you want to work with a coach or chat more with us, you can visit our website at www.runforprs.co and you can chat with a coach right away today and we can talk to you a little bit about you know your potential and your goals and we love just talking about goals, no commitments there. Log on to our site, check us out. Hope you guys have a happy 4th.